are you defiling yourself? That's, that's the question I'm going to ask you. That's the question that the scripture comes forward. And when I say that, please take out your phone. Can everybody just take out their phones quickly? I want you to take out your phone. Just take it out. I want you to Google quickly the word defile. I want you to do that now because I want you to see what it says. Where's your phone? Take it out. You don't have a phone. But when you take up the collection, you run away. I wanted you to take up the collection. Yes, why not? Hmm? All right. The word defile. Polluted. Polluted. What else? It's dirty. Defile is not just getting, it's, it's proper dirty. It's proper, it's a disgusting thing. I mean, to be defiled is a bad thing. Do you agree with me? You know, every, like, every one of us wake up every morning saying, today I'm going to get defiled. <laughs> huh? Do we do that? No. You don't want to be defiled. It's it just, it, it just, you know, women know what I'm talking about. Yes, you know, the, the, that man is looking, I feel defiled, you know. Um, are you defiling yourself? We spoke about, I mean, Matthew 15 last week, and we spoke about Jesus is putting on a, comparing two things to each other. The one is the traditions of the elders, the tradition of man, the tradition of church, the tradition of culture, versus the command of the Lord. Now, which one is higher? Which one is superior? Obviously, the command of the Lord is. And all of us would agree. That's very easy. We're going to do the command of the Lord. It's fantastic. And then Jesus uses the example of honoring your parents. He starts speaking about honoring your parents. And we spoke a little bit about training up children. We spoke a little bit about what's going on. And we spoke about the reward. The reward of abiding to God's statutes. It's not the law. I want you to get, I want you to just understand for one second that it, I'm not talking about a law that you must keep. Jesus is not talking about that. He's saying, I want you to place that which he says higher than what society has taught us, what life has taught us, what our experience has taught us because our experience has taught us certain things. I want you to I want you to put my word higher than your opinion. Because a lot of us, and it's kind of the sickness of the age, faulty fathers. Faulty fathers or fatherless fathers that are not there, absent fathers, abusive fathers, distant fathers. Dead fathers. That's the sickness of the age. We don't so find so many, but we do find mothers that ab abandon their children. We do find this. And Jesus, I want you to honor them not because of who they are or what they do right, because they're ticking all the boxes. I want you to honor them because I say so. Because I say so that goes a little bit further that if there's the presence of the lord in this church if something's happening and there's good word coming out i want you to understand it's not on my merit it's on jesus merit he does that because he loves his children Amen. all right i want you to understand that so when when i'm ministering when the worship team is ministering it's not because and there's a presence of God. It's not because we are sinless and we did a good hell of a good week this week. Okay, kid? Hmm? I'm telling you, I, did, I didn't sin on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, or this morning. Until I got out of bed. <laughs> Every time I get out of bed, there it starts. Huh? So we, that's where we are. I wanted to share this. Now we go to this place in Matthew 15. Please would you open up in verse 10. That's an extension. Do you defile yourself? And most of us would say, no, I don't. No, I don't. None of us would want to think that we live in that space. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand. Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man. 
So it's not what you eat. You, know, you can probably eat some germs as well and get away with it. Okay? You can drink some polluted water and get away with it. Uh, the, the government has said, they put a standard there, and the water is not pure, but up to this point, we can consume it. Okay? That point is not all that healthy, because what we're seeing happening in metro cities is young girls and boys maturing so fast that some of them, especially the girls at the age of nine, are already developed. When Kuzella myself when the children's home, the youngest consensual mother was nine years old. A nine-year-old little girl. Now, how does that happen? You see, when they because they stay in the city and the purification process of the water is not effective, it cannot take out hormones. So a lot of the women in the cities and everywhere, they take child preventative medication. That goes into the water. And it can't come out. And by legal standards, it's still allow, permissible. So this water goes in, the kids are developing faster than they ought to develop. Because of the stuff that's in the water. You see, so you can drink water and you can eat. It doesn't defile you spiritually. It doesn't defile you spiritually. And I want you to understand that... I want to say this carefully. I don't deliberately want to offend people. <laughs> I do it all the time, but I don't deliberately want to. <laughs> that if Christ is not your Savior, you are spiritually defiled. All right? You're dirty. Filthy rags. Oh, Walker, that's not an edifying word. It is. Because I want to tell you where the cleansing part is. You see, when my little boy come and they go play and they come back and they come all filthy and home, I just point them to the bath. Are you dirty? Get in the bath. Did I demean him? Did I break him down? No. I identified his condition. And when we look into Scripture and we read the Scripture, we need to allow the mirror of the Scripture to identify our condition, who and what we are, without being disillusioned, without being deceived. Listen to what this is, because most of us would think, but I'm rather okay -ish. I'm rather okay -ish. Listen to what Jesus says here. It's not what goes into the mouth, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. Your words defile you. No, but I don't swear that much. Okay, fine. What do you say about other people? You're defiling yourself. What are you saying about the government? You're defiling yourself. What do you say about yourself? When you look in the mirror and you don't quite agree with God has created, you're defiling yourself. Well, I'll never get that right. You're defiling yourself. My words can do two things, yeah. Number one, it can, or three things, it defile me. It can give me direction, or it can bring death or life into my life. You all know that scripture. And I'm not going to teach you something new that you don't know, that there's power in your words, but I want to give you the angle that's completely different. So when you speak bad words, you are defiling yourself. You're making yourself dirty. You're soiling. You're polluting who God made you to be. Every time you speak words of negativity over yourself or when you criticize somebody else you are defiling yourself and now you want to go to your father and say daddy what's he going to say to you he's failing man you're dirty get in the bath get in the bath listen to what this but 
You want to go further. Where does this start? Where does this come from? Where does salvation start? Where does this clean? Where, and you need to understand that my opinion must be subject to the Word of God. This is what we're saying here. Jesus is starting off this chapter is saying, why do you teach the laws of the elders as doctrine of God, but you do not obey the doctrine of God? The Word of God, the commandment of God. See, that's the part. Not my experience, not my thinking, not my education, not my training. Not, not anything can stand against that because this has been purified seven times over. The Word of God has stood the test of time, and it hasn't changed. And you get a lot of people who say, listen, what about the translations? And, and, and. That is a cop-out argument. Go do your research. Just go do your research on the Word of God. Diligently. Yeah, but why did they leave out that book? And why did they leave out that? Whose word is this? Whose word is this? It's God's word. Who do you think stands God over it? He says, I stand God over my word. He has guarded it through the ages. Through mankind have tried to destroy the word of God. Burn as many Bibles. Kill those that printed. Kill those that translated into English. Um, you know that the guy that translated the Bible into English got hanged. For heresy. Because they wanted the Bible to be only in Latin. God raised up a man to translate it into English. You see, the Word of God does something in my inside. And when I understand that, the fountain, the fountain inside of me changes. But do you defile yourself? Well, are you living in your state of defilement? Constantly speaking, negative words over others, negative words over yourself, criticizing, being judgmental, speaking negative, not speaking life. You see, that defiles you. Then his disciples said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? I'm going to say it again. If today offends you, maybe just go check the Lord if you don't have a spirit of a Pharisee. If the word of God offends you and me, we need to check ourselves. Because the problem is not with the Word of God. The problem is with me, my flesh, my thinking, my soul, my emotions. The problem lies there, not with God. God is perfect. Jesus is speaking, and the disciples are his friends. Now, I've got a friend like that, Rustin. We would go and have coffee somewhere or eat a burger, and I would engage the waitress, and normally on a spiritual level, and then he would say, say to me, you know that that woman was now offended or you scared her. Like, no, I don't. I miss that. But then she never comes to my table again. <laughs> Oops. You see, Jesus didn't care much about that because he was bringing life. He was speaking against flesh. And the scripture says, your flesh wars against the Spirit of God. Not a striving against the Spirit of God. It wars. The flesh is at war with God. Now, how does that work? It's when my thinking is contrary to the Word of God. My thinking, but I think, I believe, I, me, that's at war with God. Even if you start saying, I agree but you battle to do, your flesh is at war with God. Doesn't make sense. Let's just take, for instance, tithing. Now, I don't want, I'm not talking money. I'm just using this example. Please, don't get go overboard. But a lot of time, we've got a certain lifestyle when we get saved or we come into Christianity or we've maintained a certain lifestyle, and now the Word of God confronts us on tithing. Okay, so some of the guys would go and they would jump into the Bible and say, it's all Old Testamentical. Tithing is all Old Testamentical. No, it's not. Go read Matthew 24, 24. Okay, just go read there. Go read what Paul said to Philippians. Go read that. Go see that God still... You see, it's not law. Tithing came long before there was a law. Long before there was a law, there was tithing. Remember Cain and Abel? Remember Abraham was before the law and he gave to Melchizedek? Tithing 
came before the law. So it's not an Old Testamentical thing, it's a relational thing. It's understanding who's my provider. It's a relational thing. So I'm being obedient to the Word of God. But now I look at my modern day budget and my lifestyle, and if I have to tithe, I'm going to be 2,000 Rand in the red. Can you see now what's happening? Now suddenly I am warring with the Word of God. Or maybe I'm a businessman. And if I have to tithe on this, it means 100,000 rand that I must give away. Now suddenly, it's a war going on on the inside. Some of the people then go and they say, well, you can no longer pay for the remission of sins. You could never pay for the remission of sins. What the Roman Catholic Church did in the medieval ages was wrong. It was wrong to say, listen, I'm a businessman, I'm a landlord, I've got a lot of money, and I want a concubine or six. So I come to the father and I say to the, 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 the church father, I come to him and I say, I need to confess. I've got six concubines. It's not a problem. You hold up the bucket. Okay? Put the money in there. Put, them, put some money in there. You give me 10 Hail Marys and 15 Our Fathers, and your sins are forgiven, my child. He comes back and says, I've got now seven concubines. <laughs> oh, add a little bit more. <laughs> Soon enough, you'll end up like Solomon. <laughs> okay. I'm being naughty. So when I am at war with the Word of God, it's very difficult. You see, and that can start with a one rand, a two rand, or a hundred thousand rand. That can start with praying for people on the street. That can start with believing in healing or not healing. That can start in the place where I've been baptized as a child, I don't want to be baptized as an adult. You are at war with the Word of God. The culture of church, the culture of society has said, we'll baptize them when they're babies. Okay? Do you know what that is called in my eyes? Spiritual rape. How can you say that? Easy. Did the child choose to be baptized? Did the child choose to be baptized? Anything done against your will is rape. The God of the universe, your eternity depends on your will. Will you bow your knee? Will you accept Jesus? No one can force you. No one can make you do it. The Holy Spirit can reveal to you the state of your heart. <clears throat> now I need to know, Lord, show me. Well, if I'm constantly lying, what's inside of my heart? Can I tell you? The father of lies. If I'm constantly cursing, who's living in my heart? The father of curses. If I'm constantly accusing, who's living in my heart? The father of accusations. If I'm constantly stealing, who's living in my heart? The thief, the killer, the destroyer. Therefore, Jesus can look to them and say, the devil is your father. Why? For what they say. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is coming out good. I'm enjoying it. Donkey, he says. Okay. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted, let alone, let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall in the ditch. I don't have to explain that. I don't have to teach on that. It's when we think we see, but we are blind. When we think we know and we are blind, why? Because we are still arguing against the word of God. Every statement that starts with, I am like this, which is contrary to the word of God, okay, that is at war with God. I was born this way. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. No. God put me in the wrong body. No, he didn't. He doesn't make mistakes. The little Jesus in your head that you want to tell what to do might 
you might have an arrangement with him that you can tell him and tell him he made a mistake. But the king of the universe, that Jesus, no, he doesn't make mistakes. Amen. He doesn't. He's fearfully, in any case, just logically thinking, I need to take nine months to make a mistake. <laughs> then you're saying God is slow as well. No, man, come on. Mm -mm. Then Peter answered and said to him, explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, are you also still without understanding? He says, are you still blind, Peter? Are you just like the Pharisees, Peter? You've been walking with me, Peter. I need you to wake up now. I need you to catch it, Peter. I need, he's talking to me. He's saying, Wilco, you need to get it. Open your eyes and see what I'm telling you. Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? One of the biggest problems with our health right today is probiotics. And the problem with probiotics is, is to get it past the stomach. Because it needs to be in the gut. And when your gut probiotics are good, you become healthy. Your immune system goes up. Your stomach de destroys. The acid in there destroys. I had a, I've got a friend. Their son swallowed a coin. And at birth, his esophagus was a little bit, didn't attach to the stomach, and so they had to pull it to attach to the stomach. And you know when you pull something, it narrows? Okay, so it was very narrow esophagus right on the top of the stomach, and then he went to swallow the, a coin, and the coin sat up like this, in the middle of that sort of. So they had to go in for operation, take it out. The bottom part, clean. Clean, burned clean by the acid. See, Jesus is saying, what you eat is not going to defile you. You might get a runny tummy. You might. You might, you might get a runny tummy. You might get proper sick. <coughs> but those things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. Where does it come from? The heart. So if I'm constantly, well, that's just me. I'm, I'm a swearer. I swear, I battle to do that. Guess what's in your heart? What's in there? Where does cursing come from? The father of curses. Christ does not there. <laughs> Volker, that's a hard word. How can you say that? If I'm constantly lying, it comes from my heart. I am defiled in my state. Or now I walk around and I try and adapt my character. If I'm constantly longing for something that is not of God, if I'm constantly longing for that, whether it be alcohol, a joint, woman, men, other men, somebody's laughing, donkey. <laughs> What's in ya? needs to change. For out of the heart proceeds the following. Yes, Jesus' list. If you have your Bible, underline it. Maybe you want to write it down. Go listen to it again. On This is Jesus' list of what can come out of the heart. Evil thoughts. I wish that I could just die. You know? I wish you could just get a flat. Roll that taxi. That will just make my life better. I wish you'll get a cramp. Evil thoughts. Every evil thought comes from the heart. Is God the author of evil thoughts? No. So is he then in my heart? But now I can what I do is I start training my mind. No evil thoughts. Near cease. No evil thoughts. Near cease. Murders. Killing people with my words. Because when I kill your reputation, I have killed you. 
So when I skinner badly about you, I kill your reputation. I detested when other people try to tell me about other people. I can give a very good example. I know Kay wouldn't mind, but so many people warned me about Kay, the person she is, how she is. So the day I met Kay, guess what was my heart towards her? Hello, Kay. No, it was like, oh, she's, oh. is she going to come to this church? I don't know. How am I going to handle this woman? And then Kay opens her mouth. Brr, and it's just swear words. I'm like, you. You see, but my heart's already closed. Okay, it's cussing. This woman is cussing. Eventually, I just said to her, please, whoa, whoa. You can't talk like that. First time somebody told her you can't talk like that. Yeah, but she's going to be offended. Good. Some of us need to be offended back into life. Some of us need to just be shocked into the light a little bit. Not everybody. Some people you can just talk to nicely. And they're like, yeah, you're right. You ask, you speak to Kate, man, she has done such a good work. The Lord has come into her. She's one of the people in the last six years that I've found that seeks the Lord more than anybody else. She has got such a hunger for God. And all it took was Nehemiah. You can't talk like that. That's all it took. And she sat down. She surrendered her life to Christ. And the King of Kings came home into her and transformed her. Is she perfect? No. She's a work in progress, just like me and you and you and you and you. And we're all a work in progress. But what was in her heart is out. You see, murder can be the way I speak about somebody. Adulteries. Jesus comes and he lifts the bar on adulteries and fornication. He lifts the bar on that. He says, if you look at a woman and lust after her, you have committed adultery. If you self-satisfy, I want you to get this because they're teaching our children this at school saying this is normal. It is not. It is demonic. Because when you do that, what happens in the spirit is that a demon attaches itself to your imagination. A demon that represents that person, that looks like that, attaches and starts feeding into your imagination. Leading your imagination to a certain place. And the outflow of that is... That in the end of the day, you do that repeatedly, you would probably easy to mislead that person. No, but it's, you know, it's normal. No, that's culture. That's human against the word of God. Adulteries and fortification, staying together. Let's just see if this will work. We stay together. Oh, well, I'm not married. It's just, I'm dating. Dating is from the devil. It's from the pits of hell. Because dating trains you for divorce. Because what does dating say? I'll date with you. If it doesn't work, I break up. I date you. If it doesn't work, I break up. I date you. If it doesn't work, I break up. Now I get married. After a while, it doesn't work. What do I do? I break up. Because I've been trained in that. And now, how old do they start? I've heard now that primary kids, primary school kids, and I'm not talking how we used to case, you know, we used to have the case. You know? You'd write that letter and give it to your mic, give it to your mic. They want a scallum date. Oh, man. What kind of man does that? Pulls that woman right off her pedestal. Come, come into the dark with me. We're going to scallum date. We're going to date against your father's will. What kind of man does that? I can tell you. 
Who's inside? Who's inside? You see, this is for you. Men want to conquer you. Your dad's told me a lot about you. Okay. He cannot talk about it. He's so proud of you. Can I come speak to her? Can I speak to her? You're under her. He's cumbering. Can I speak to her? Men, they are, they are currently in your life. There are a couple of men that want to conquer you. They want, I'm not talking about sleeping together. They want to get and say, this is my girlfriend. All right? This is the question that you need to ask. This is the word of wisdom that I want to share with you. Okay? Ask them, where are you taking me? What's the voyage? Because I am not to be conquered. I want to go on adventure. That's what's beating in your heart. And if we waffles, then you know it's not the right guy. Okay? And you can teach your daughters that. If he can't tell you, sir, where he's going with his life, and what he's going to conquer, and what he's going to do, then he wants to conquer the woman. And what made to be conquered, they're made to be rescued. That's why every woman and every love story ever is about a knight in shining white armor rescuing the damsel in distress. And it speaks to her heart because she needs somebody to look up and say, that's my champion. That's my man. That's where the honor is. Ma'am, if you want the honor for your husband, go on your knees and start repenting and praying for him. Stop arguing with the word of God. Because he longs and he needs your honor. He needs you to look at them with that as in love her, that you are my hero. Sir, love her. If you have stopped loving her, loving her, not what she can give, loving her, who she is, you need to repent and start praying for her. Because it's very difficult to criticize those whom you pray for. Very difficult. Are you guys enjoying this? Praise the year. So am I. Thefts. You start stealing stuff. Can you see what Jesus said? The list from the heart. Thefts. Unfair profit. Now people are going to crucify me for this. Come holiday season. What do they do? Unfair profit. Where does it come from? It comes from a greediness. Inside, it comes from saying, I am not enough, I need to accumulate more so that I can be enough. Woe to a country when the king slave becomes king, woe to the household when a slave sits on the throne of a house. Dad, if you have got a slave mentality, that's what you're going to do. You're going to use your wife, you're going to use your children for your benefit, you're going to use all the resources to fulfill your need, your passions, your ambitions, your hobbies, and nothing in the family is going to happen. Woe to that place. Stop defiling yourself. False witnesses. Can you see it says lie? You're defiling yourself. You're defiling yourself. Blasphemes. In South Africa, and I'm going to say it that way, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm going to say it so there's no ambiguity around it. Every time somebody says, Yasas, or Yesas, or Yasas, every time they say that, they speak a curse over themselves. Every time. And the minute, if that's something in your inside starting to argue, it is your flesh arguing against the Word of God. It is the name of Jesus. Why are you not saying, Allah, Allah, Allah? Oh, Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. Why is it that in the movies they use the name of Jesus? Because hmm? there's power there and when they do it, they defile themselves. Here's the thing. Romans 1, 20, I think 1, 28 to 32, 32 states. If you approve of it, you're guilty of it. How do you approve of it? 
You don't get up and walk out the cinema. You've just approved of it. Are you following? Three quarters into the movie, and there the guy drops the name of Jesus. If you don't get up and walk out, you are approving of it. If you don't switch off that Netflix movie that you are watching now in your bed on cell phone, when he uses the name of Jesus, you are approving of it. You're causing a blaspheme. You are defiling yourself. I'm asking the question, are you defiling yourself? And then we wonder why it feels like the Lord is so far away. We wonder why have I lost my passion for Christ. Then I wonder why I can't go to speak to somebody about Jesus. Because I'm defiled. I'm defiled. I'm dirty. You see, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I'm not condemning you. I'm not condemning myself. I'm saying we're looking in the mirror and we're identifying our state. Am I defiled? Well, then I need to get in the bath. Then I need to get clean. Then I need to go to a place where I can wash clean. My works cannot, not even my honor can clean me. My honor towards the Lord can't clean me. My works can't clean me. My praise and worship can't clean me. My reading the Bible can't clean me. My praying cannot clean me. My giving money and doing all the good things in the world cannot clean me. My gift cannot clean me. First Corinthians, my prophecy can't clean me. My interpretation can't clean me. The only thing that can clean me is the transformational work of Christ in the inside. When I get to that stage, where I say, I am bankrupt. Bankrupt. And I go to the cross. You see, if your bank account is overdrawn, your credit card is about to be chopped off, you've got no money in the bank whatsoever, do you go to pick and pay a load of trolley full and go stand by the till and buy something? No, why? Because you're bankrupt. You know you can't afford it. You don't have what it takes to check it out. We need to get to that place. If I am walking in this defilement, if I get a habitual lifestyle of defiling, I'm just dirty. And I realize that what's inside of you is not the Spirit of God. I need to go to the cross. Isaiah 61 says, I want to read it with, for you. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Are you poor today? I'm asking you, are you realizing how spiritually bankrupt you are? Because there's good news for that person. There's good news for that person. There's not good news for the person who says, well, I'm okay. Yeah, I've done this, you know. I still live in it. I, still can't, go, I can't get anywhere. No one can see. I'm not being transformed into his image. I'm so worried about my image. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You see, that, that, that's evil stuff. They lie in a broken heart. When Jesus binds up that heart, broken stuff don't live there anymore. They leave. Because it's not their habitat. They're gone. The jealousy and the murderers and the fornication, and the, it leaves because the master is coming. The father of lights has come in. The prince of peace has come in. He who speaks and there's life has moved in. So what will come out of my mouth? 
that will come out of my mouth. To proclaim liberty to the captive if you're caught up in something. Something's got you captive. And you cannot shake it off. And I know what that is. I know what it is to walk with something that you cannot shake off for years and years and years and years and years. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It is something to run to Christ with. But it needs humility. Because God has grace for the humble, but He resists the proud. If you think, I can still manage it, I can hide it, you are walking in pride. But when you come bankrupt, say, Lord, I am a womanizer and I cannot do deal with it anymore. That's when you come. That's when He comes. He says, now I'll give you grace. Because you've humbled yourself. You see, you know what the problem with sin is? We hide our sin. And as long as it's in the dark, that's where the devil has got his playground. That's his trading ground. It's when you bring it into the light. I'm a thief. Stealing from people. When I bring it there. I'm an adulterer. I cheat on my wife. Not physically. But you know what's going on in your mind. Oh, a skinner. I belittle people. I cut them down to eyes. I criticize every day and every night. I can't get rid of it. That's when you come and bring it into the light and say, Lord, this is what. Then grace comes. So when you and I understand that I am bankrupt, then he says to proclaim liberty, freedom, to set free those who have been captive. Captive. You're suffering with low self-esteem, you're captive. Suffering with depression, you're captive. Suffering with poverty, you're captive. He said, no one, none of us want to do this. None of us want to say, everything I do fails. It just doesn't want to work out. Not from a cursing myself. Not from speaking. It's like, it's something that's got me captive. When I bring that to the table, the king of kings comes and says, my child, let me help you. But as long as you think you can manage it and you can bat it and you can cope with it and my shoulders are broad and I've got strong faith, as long as all those things are going through you, that's what you're going to do. You're going to bat it. You're going to carry it. You're going to have to have faith and strong shoulders and be resilient and bite on your teeth. And you wonder why you grind your teeth at night. You wonder why you got ulcers. Why you can't sleep. You wonder why you're edgy with yourself and with your family. You wonder why that's going on. Because I want to add to the cross. I can do it. No. Isaiah 61. And the opening of prison doors to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. To comfort those who mourn. To console those who mourn. To give them beauty for ashes, oil for joy, garment of praise for spirit of heaviness. Why? That they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that He may be glorified. What does Jesus say in Matthew 15? He says, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. This is a good word. It's a liberating word. But it's straight at your heart. Are you part of the plantation of the Lord? Are you? I want every head bowed. Please, can we have every head bowed? Father, I cannot convince anybody. Lord, it's not my spirit that must testify with their spirit. It's your spirit that must testify with their spirit that they are saved, that they are born again, that they are your plantation. That what's inside of them is the father of light.
not the father of lies. Lord, I cannot see into their hearts, but you can. You can see into our hearts. I want to include myself in this prayer, Lord. Lord, a shame it would be if we walk out that door today, Lord. And we're just the same. Holy Spirit, please, sir, would you, and I know you have, Lord, but as we sit now, would you convince each one of us of our state? Lord, we thank you so much for your presence. I'm going to do something that I don't often do. But I believe that some of you today need to come to the front and accept Christ, to receive him. I don't want to drag it out. I want to ask you, if you are unsure this morning, if there's the slightest amount of doubt in your heart, please would you stand up and come to the front. Just stand there. I want you to focus on the Lord. You can look my way. You don't have to look at the audience. You can look my way. I'm going to give you some time. I don't want to drag it out. The ministry team can come stand behind them. Thank you. If there's the slightest doubt in your heart. Father, we mean business this morning, Lord. But I think you mean more business than us. Because <laughs> it's only you that make us come to the front, Lord. It's only you that can convince us to face this chicken line and maybe feel a little bit embarrassed standing in front of people to come to the front. Lord, as we stand here, Holy Spirit, I ask you, sir, not on merit of anyone yet, but, but who you are. I want the ministry team just to put your hands on some of these people. And I want the church to pray with me. We're all going to pray together. It's like every Sunday, or most Sundays at least. Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I am bankrupt. I am a sinner, Lord. I am a sinner. Deserving of, eternal hell. deserving of eternal hell. But you have made a way, you have made a way. For, me to come to the Father. for me to come to the Father. You died on a cross in my place. You paid the price for everything I did wrong. Thank you. Thank you. I believe with my heart that Jesus, you died and rose again. That you ascended into heaven. And that that work that you did is all that can save me. I receive that. Jesus, I believe that you are God. You are the Lord of my life. You are my Redeemer. You are the one that restores me. Jesus, I hear you knocking in my heart. And I choose to open up 
and receive you in as my master, as my Lord, as my everlasting Father. Thank you for saving me now and writing my name in your book of life. Change my nature. Take me from glory to glory into your image. I ask in Jesus' name. Please will you baptize me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to look at me. Never again do you say anything but I am a child of God. Never again. Your life will flow with it. If you are genuine and you are upright, the Holy Spirit will take that. But you cannot add works to the cross. You cannot. You have to understand it's because of the state that I am in now that my life changes. I don't change to change my state. I am in His image. I am saved. I am positioned in heavenly places. I am seated on the right hand of the Father, of Jesus. I am seated there. Therefore, I live according to His will. Father, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for salvation, Lord. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one that gives the rebirth. It's your work, Holy Spirit. No man can do it. We bind that to each one of them. Their salvation. That today is the day that their lives changed in truth and in spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Let's give them a hand. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you stand with me? I want to bless you. Before we go out, everybody can just stand in their seats, and I'm going to bless you, and then we're going to go have some coffee. Would you have your hands in the receiving posture, please? This is a prophetic action. Father, as ambassador of heaven, I come and bless your people. I bless them with the love of the Father in their hearts. I bless them with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ upon them. I bless them with open ears to enjoy the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That they might hear you, Lord. <laughs> that they might enjoy you, Lord. For who you are. I bless them with the peace of the kingdom of God. That surpasses all understanding. And I want to pronounce a blessing, Lord, that whatever they will do Psalm 1 will prosper and bear fruit and come to maturity in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's go have some coffee. God bless you guys.